0: This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, John Clark, helping you make more money, get more clients, and help more people, or something like that, in some sort of order. I might have screwed that up, but that's okay, because I'm human, right? And I think you are too. I'm glad that you're here with me today. Um, Today we're talking about the six most important things I've learned about business over the years, so all the wisdom I could muster up into one episode. You've got a lot to look forward to. It's a good one. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's good to be with you again. It is a rainy, rainy day. I'm sitting here looking out the my window into the courtyard, and it's just a rainy day, but sometimes that's kind of nice because I feel like it gives you that permission to, uh, to just kind of relax and stay cozy and... Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe not work out today. Uh, that's a guilty pleasure of mine sometimes. But in fact, I did work out today, despite not wanting to uh, leave the house. And um, so anyway, that's one of the things, well, seasons is one of the things that I um, I really missed when I lived in California. Yes, it's nice having sun pretty much all the time. but uh, um, But yeah, it was also you know, I miss the seasons tremendously. I feel like the seasons, um, they just add variation and kind of color to your year, but also they help me, uh, you know, I kind of remember my life in seasons. You know, I remember the fall of 2014 or whatever. I don't really remember that, that fall, but, um, it just helps me kind of know what time of year it is, I guess. And it helps me, um, kind of intuitively understand my year and the passing of time. So That's what I think about seasons. (laughs) I didn't know that you probably didn't know you were getting a little bit of that today. But what you did know by listening to this episode or clicking this episode is I'm going to tell you um, uh, my short list, short but important list of the most important things I've learned about business over the years. Um, I feel like I've been doing this a long time. Um, In reality, I've been doing it since like what, 2012 or so. Um, starting my first uh, practice in San Francisco. And it wasn't really until I guess about 2000 and I don't know, 15, maybe that I started to really ramp up. And at one, and that was the first time I had multiple businesses. So I had um, my group counseling practice in Charlotte. And then I had this business private practice workshop, um, obviously interrelated and somewhat overlapping, but also but also different uh, you know separate llcs separate bank accounts separate uh, team members um separate strategy vision etc and at one point that year i had four or five businesses again all related all in the uh, you know the therapist niche but um i had that many businesses now do i recommend having that many businesses no in fact um i'm pretty happy to say in this moment, I only have one and I'm trying to be more focused than ever, which is a hard thing for me to do at times, but I'm trying to be more focused than ever with one business. And I'm trying to have as much impact and make as much money with one business as I did with five. That's a hard thing to do, you know? And I think the reality is I, sometimes I kind of like the chaos of it. I've, I've, realize that about myself or was actually just thinking about that last night and had a bit of a realization that I think sometimes I create more work for myself than I need to because in part I like the chaos and probably says something about me but I'm I'm trying to reduce some of that chaos you know as much as possible because I think it's important and I I think more and more about things like my stress my health my longevity my you know my family and things like that and trying to have a more well balanced life whereas you know, a couple years ago when I had the four or five businesses, um, I was, uh, uh, you know, um, just kind of uh, f- burning burning bright and burning, uh, I guess, at, at the candle at both ends, if that's the right figure of speech for this um, illustration. But I was just, I was doing a lot. and I was really excited to be in business and to discover um, basically this world of online entrepreneurship. So I had, you know, had a lot going on. Uh, all the time, but I lacked simplicity and I lacked focus, and I had scaling issues with um, my various, you know, endeavors. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. So basically, I've got a list of six things. It's the most important things I've learned about business over the years, and I'm just going to go through the list. And um, yeah, I'm going to go through the list, and uh, I've got six things. And I'm going to elaborate on each one and then kind of review what we've learned. So um, that's what you're in for today. The first point, number one, business solves a painful, urgent problem. I will say that again. Um, Business solves a painful and urgent problem. The reason that, you know, you buy anything is because you have, um, you have a problem that a product or service or offering helps solve you know, when you buy a sandwich, you bought it because you're hungry and it solves the problem of hunger or <laughs> sometimes for some of us of boredom or of, uh, you know, having time to kill or whatever it is, but it solves a problem, right? It might not be as urgent as, you know, getting your, uh, breaking your foot needing to go to the ER, but it is, um, it is a problem. And sometimes it's an urgent problem if you're really hungry. Now, knowing that, I think if you are, you know, you're in your current business, you're in your practice, and maybe you're also thinking about an additional business or an additional venture, you need to think about that, that, you know, does my business or my business idea solve a painful and urgent problem? And I would say that, you know, the painful part, um, helps to ensure that the, your solution is going to be viable and needed. The urgent part is going to help with your marketing and sales. So I would just think about that if I were you in terms of whatever business you're you're kind of getting into. It just happened that you know these these years ago when I started working with therapists, I noticed through working with therapists through just individual consulting that the biggest problem was getting more clients consistently. You know, it was never, you know, how do I set up an office or set up an LLC or get business cards. That stuff is easy. It was getting clients consistently, especially in um you know places where there's there's a lot of competition or a lot of demand there's our reframe um you know in in your area so that was the the that's been you know one of the biggest problems i've helped solve for therapists over the years through our fully booked program which you um, can always learn more about at our website, private practice workshop.com. So, um, that, that program of ours probably solves the most painful and urgent problem of, of therapists. And then we kind of graduate, um, um, well, and then therapists can kind of move into the next level, um, which is our mastermind groups and working with me through our group coaching. So, um, speaking of which, um, We've got just a few more slots left in that program, actually. And, and we are, yeah, we're, we're taking more of kind of a group coaching approach, I think, than a mastermind approach. We've kind of come to that conclusion as a team over the past week. So um, when you're in the group, you're going to get a lot of access to me. You're also going to get quarterly um, individual sessions with me in addition to the live event in the spring. Um all you have to do is get yourself there and then we cover your uh, lodging and food and activities and everything. So if you're interested in that, um, uh, y- you know, then you just should reach out as soon as possible. Um, just, uh, shoot me a quick email, john at private dot That's the best thing you could do. Um, cause yeah, we're hoping to have these slots filled by end of this week. So in like two days from now. Okay, so business solves a painful, urgent problem. That's number one. That's a huge, huge, huge one. So I think you should let that be your guiding light in any business you're creating. And again, especially any like new business or new idea that you have. Forgot to fill my water cup before this episode. And now I'm drinking out of an empty cup, (laughs) Uh, which is, um, you know, which is not ideal. Um, Number two relationships help to ensure a a future-proof business. What do I mean by this? Well, this is, you know, and and again, none of these are revolutionary, but they are profound or they've been profound for me. These are things that I, um, you know, wish I knew when I've just, just started. Relationships ensure a future-proof business. The reason is I think relationships and also reputation ensure a future-proof business because I see a lot of people, for instance, in terms of the market of people who help therapists, I see a lot of people who kind of arrive on the market, make a splash, get some attention. They're kind of the new kid on the block. Um, they might do really well, and then they kind of burn out, or they kind of just can't sustain things, or the quality of their work suffers. You know, that's happened a lot, and and certainly that's, uh, you know, I've dealt with that at times, too, in terms of what we, what we do for therapists. Um, but yeah, you know, re- relationships ensure a future-proof business, and again, I would say reputation kind of goes hand-in-hand with relationships. In in reality, you just need a handful of really solid relationships in order to, um, I think, be supported in your business, um, whether that's your practice or another kind of business. But when it comes to your practice, you know, I think it's important that you have just a handful of really good relationships, people you can trust, consult with, um, people you can call on a crisis or a pinch. Uh, I think it's extremely important to have those. On the other hand. Uh, unfortunately some people will still let you down. Some people will still take advantage of you and that's life and that's business. And I think, you know, hurt people, hurt people, um, or whatever that cliche is. I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. So I wouldn't worry too much about it when that happens. Um, I think it's powerful to have a small, but, uh, you know, cozy inner circle of people. Okay. So that's number two, number three, moving right along marketing it's a scary word for many of us. Marketing is about connection, empathy, and making a compelling argument. Let's talk about the first two points. Well, marketing is about connection and empathy. Those two kind of go hand in hand, right? Um, marketing is at, at first a um, a matter of, of reaching people, letting them know that you get it, you understand, and you can help them, and then you have to make your compelling argument about, uh, you know, about why uh, they should work with you or why they should buy your sandwich or whatever, whatever you're selling. You have to make a compelling argument. Why, why my sandwich and not, why not my neighbor's sandwich, <laughs> my competitor's sandwich, you know, um, when it comes to the work we do as therapists and reaching clients, um, it's profoundly important that we, that we prioritize connection and empathy um, with our clients. Because in reality, this is the start of the therapy relationship, the clinical relationship. So how profound is that, right? That actually your first session doesn't start when the client sits down in the room with you and you know, pays you at the end of the session or whatever. Um, the, the start of it, the relationship is when they see your picture, when they land on your website when they see your, your, your listing profile, it's all of that. Um, marketing is about connection and that connection happens right then. Now, once you've got that connection, once you've expressed that empathy and you're resonating with people through your copy and your marketing collateral and your content and your images and your brand and everything, everything that, that you're putting in front of them, well, then you have to make a compelling argument and I would add, you have to call them to action. You know, so you have to you have to explain to them sometimes why this is urgent, how things could get worse if they didn't act now, right? Um, why it's so important that they reach out to you in particular, why it's so important that um, they take action now and not later. So 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 important. Okay, um, moving on. Okay, so point number four, scale matters. Now, um, there's this funny like uh, um, this is like a bit of a I don't know if euphemism is the right word, but like in tech and my wife works in tech for a startup, there's like a running joke around the office that, you know, th- someone will have an idea and be like, Oh, we should create, you know, this app or this idea, or this business or whatever. And then someone will immediately go, but does it scale? <laughs> it's kind of become, uh, you know, a bit of a, a, a cliche, I guess. Um, in terms of like, yeah, they thrown around the tech world, the startup world, et cetera, because, um, a lot of startups and tech companies are obsessed with scale because they need to scale in order to, um, soon become profitable, you know? And so the challenge is for, uh, you know, for solo practitioners, our work doesn't scale. And I was a solo practitioner for a long time. Now the benefit is you don't have too many headaches. You have a a small cozy business and you can be highly profitable and you can stay a solo practitioner your whole career and be really happy. And I think have less headaches. Um, on the other hand, uh, sometimes when you when you do scale you know um, or when you try to scale, um, it can create more headaches. you can have major budget issues, you know you can become unprofitable really quickly as you try to hire people on or get more offices or whatever. And that's a real threat to scale. Um, now on the other hand, there's different ways to scale as a therapist, you know in private practice or even for you solo practitioners. One way, if you're a solo therapist, you know, is just to simply uh, build a course or a membership site or something like that. Scale is you're not necessarily going to be for you scaling therapy. It could be scaling your knowledge and your information, your wisdom, right? And your the problems you can help solve for people. That's really what we've done, you know, in our programs and whatnot is tried to make things just more scalable. They might not be infinitely scalable, but they're more scalable. Okay. Now, um, scale matters. So you want to be thinking about that. I think along those lines with scale is, you know, you want to at least have some ways of making money when you are, um, when you're not in the chair, so to speak, that's extremely important as well. So this kind of goes hand in hand with scale. Um, the reality is, you're going to get sick. You're going to miss work. You're going to have, you know, ups and downs in your practice. You're going to have a week where no new clients come, or five new clients quit. Actually, those that tends to happen in the same week, doesn't it? Uh, five, you know, no clients come, no new clients come, and then five clients quit all in the same week or the same day. That is literally just how it goes, and all you can do is laugh. Um, be it, albeit an anxious laugh, <laughs> an anxious, uh, nervous laughter, uh, that that happens. Right. So I think we do need to at least have um, some additional ways of adding more revenue or additional you know, ways of scale. Now, scale can also just be you do like speaking engagements once a quarter or twice a year or something and make that money and kind of pad that in around your the money you pay yourself or whatever. Right. So I think there's many ways to to do that could be hosting a couple's retreat. It could be, you know, teaching a CEU course, whatever it is. There's different ways, again, to scale your, your, um, your expertise and increase your hourly earning. That's really all you want to think about doing is, is increasing that hourly earning. Okay, so that's number four, scale matters. We've got two more now. Number five, vision matters matters. This is something I didn't understand for a long time. And I think early on in business, you know, I don't think I understood how much vision matters because I would just go out all kind of, you know, guns a blazing and creating businesses and trying to scale things, you know, too fast probably. And um, I just created too many headaches for myself, you know, and I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm now moving toward a more simple focused business. Um, And I think that's great. Even if it means making a little bit less money at times, I think it's, I think it's the way, you know, Uh, so vision matters and vision, you know, means not only like, um, what do you want your business to look like, but how is it going to fit into your life? And, Again, this is something I probably didn't think enough of, even though it's something I understand in theory, it's something I can kind of talk about. Um, It's something I'm taking a lot more seriously, like I said, um, in the course of even these past few months of really narrowing down my focus and um, trying to be happy, you know, create a business where I can be happy and not so stressed. Um, because to, to me, that's a big part of my vision is something I can come in, work when I want to work, still make good money and I'll have to make insane money, but still make good money and have impact and feel good about what I do. And I feel like I'm there, you know, I feel like I'm, and I'm constantly getting there, getting closer to that. But, you know, uh, someone once said, uh, imp, uh, what is it? Vision without implementation is just hallucination vision without implementation is just hallucination, and I bet you could Google that and find whoever said it. Because I don't think it certainly wasn't me, but it's a handy quote. And again, the idea is it's one thing to vision th- envision things, but you can't just sit and wait for them to come to you. You know, yes, I think it's cool and good to do things like a vision board or you know um, manifesting and stuff like that. I think that stuff actually works because it kind of unconsciously starts to align. Well, unconsciously, you start to align your behaviors and actions and stuff toward the future that you envision for yourself. I think that's kind of how um, envisioning works personally. Um, But you have to envision and then you have to start taking action. You know, I think that's the key. And some people only do one half and we have to do a bit more than that half. (laughs) So that's what I think about that. All right. So scale matters and vision matters. If you haven't already, just sit down for 10 minutes today and and ask yourself, what is my vision for the business? Where do I want to be in five years, both business and life and everything in between, put that all on a piece of paper. And, you know, we have a way of helping therapists do that. When I, when, when I work with them through, in our programs and through, um, Uh, our our coaching groups, but we have a way to do that, right? So yeah, your your vision matters, but then you kind of reverse engineer things, work your way backwards to figure out exactly um, what you should be doing today, like this hour of your day, right? So you make literally every action you do count. This is really powerful and changed the way that I manage myself. Number six, um, you have to keep trying to do more good for the world while also making more money and i think that's a, I think that's a tricky thing to do right um, you have to really strike that balance you know i think between um purpose and profitability that sounds pretty catchy doesn't it it sounds like a brand right there um so striking that balance between purpose and profitability or impact and profitability um i do think you have to you know prioritize profit pretty much above everything else and i think you know that can suffer Um, sometimes, or when we focus too much on that, the impact or the purpose side of the business can, can suffer. So I think the trick is as a business owner for you to really focus on both. And I think that's very difficult to do, but I know you can do it. So striking that balance between doing more good in the world and also making more money because in reality, you deserve it. And when you're doing good for the world, you should be paid well for it and have your needs met. And then some, I really believe that. And I want you to, to believe that too. Um, that's pretty much it. That's what I've got for you guys. So to review really quick, number one, business solves a painful, urgent problem. Number two, relationships ensure a future-proof business. Um, Number three, marketing is about connection, empathy, and making a compelling argument. Number four, scale matters. Number five, vision matters. Number six, you got to keep trying to do more good while you're also trying to make more money in the world and strike that balance. Um, I hope this was helpful, you guys. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, the biggest thing on our end right now is we've got our our coaching groups that culminate in a live event in the spring. We meet every week for an hour on Zoom. It's a really powerful group and people are getting really transformational results in life and business. And I'd love for you to be a part of that. So um, we've got slots right now, both for individual practitioners and solo practitioners. but they're feeling fast. So if you're interested at all, I'd love for you to reach out, just email john at private And we can hop on the phone like ASAP, like today or tomorrow. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, and again, that includes uh, a lot of face-to-face time with me so we can help you, um, and basically realize your vision. That's really what we want to do, whether that's, you know, more money, more impact, more scale, um, more of a lifestyle business, more passive income—all um, that stuff is possible when you uh, when you join one of our groups. So, um, don't wait on that and take action today. I hope that was helpful, you guys. Hope you enjoyed that—a uh, bit of an impromptu, you know, episode. It kind of snuck up on me here, but um, hopefully, you got a lot out of it, and it was fun for me to reflect a bit on uh, all the things I've learned. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, we'll wrap up here and I hope you have a good rest of your week. Take care of yourselves and I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Take care, be in touch and we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.